It's great to have a full congregation today. We carry on today's message from last week. Actually, this message has been coming for a little while, counting the cost, because there's one message that was always preached on Easter. Every church I went to, talking about there is no cost for you to take Christ as your Savior. And I heard that from the pulpit after pulpit after pulpit. And it just irked me and drilled into me. And I today I get to actually stand and I get to teach and say there is a cost to what he did. He paid the price, but there's still a cost to follow him today. There's two different ways that we're going to be looking at the scriptures today. It's about counting the cost and what we should be looking at individually. There's also a cost in everything we do whenever we do it congregationally. So, what we need to do is look at these passages of Scripture and filter them through the Torah and through the Gospels and through all of God's Word and look at how we move forward in the future with the Disciple Center because there's always going to be a cost. I remember back in science class in high school, my science teacher said, for every action... There is a reaction. That's right. So in everything we do, there is a cost for it. But first, let me say, let's go to Luke 14, 25 through 33. Let's see what the Messiah himself told us. Did he say there was no cost for following him? Or did he actually say that there would be a cost? And a high one at that. For Luke 14, 25 through 33 says, Now large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them, I think what he was trying to say is, Look, you better count it, because so many of you are following me, but look at the cost of what it's going to cost you, because it may cost you too much for you, if you still want to follow me. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross, come after me, and come after me cannot be my disciple. We all have our own burdens and our own sinful acts that we have to struggle with. That's our cross. goes on to say, For which one of you when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who observe it begin to ridicule him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Let me tell you right now, I think there are a lot of people that don't count the cost before they start following Christ because they don't know what they're going to have to deny in this world. We have to count the cost. We have to see what figures, but later on we'll get into how counting the cost and getting the counsel around us actually betters our life. Or what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not first sit down and consider whether he is strong enough when with 10,000 men to encounter the one coming against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. 
that's a wise king, right? He's thinking, I can't beat these guys. Let's try to figure out a peace treaty here. So then none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his own possessions. See, we have to sit back. We have to think, what is that cost? What is the cost of us as a disciple center moving forward? What is the individual cost if we turn away from God? What is the cost for me moving forward individually and continuing to to deny myself for Him? It is eternal life. And all of us have counted that cost. But are we continuing to count that cost daily in our lives? You see, that cost can be very expensive in where you sit and what you do. Proverbs 11. Let's look at some wisdom literature here. It says in verse 11, 14, Where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in abundance of counselors, there is a victory. Huh. So it talks about counting the cost, getting those who surround you with counselors. That's a wise choice when we count the cost. And what we need to be putting in place. In Proverbs twelve fifteen, it says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Every action has a reaction. Every time I get somebody and I know somebody's wiser, I'll lean on them in that wisdom. I count the cost of not seeking out counsel. I would be foolish. We would be foolish not to seek out counsel in the congregation with elders who have went before us, those who have known the prices, they've learned the wisdom through the years. Just this week, I learned something about putting together the Passover Seder and how long it really should take. We could put it together really fast, and it would not be what it should be. Or we could say, continue to do the home seders. Next year, we really need to start in the fall to plan on this. Looking at different venues, planning and making the reservations. The cost this year was making sure that it continues to happen in the homes because we didn't plan soon enough. I'll take that responsibility. I didn't plan soon enough. I didn't get people involved soon enough. That's the cost. So there's got to be that preparation. There's that cost in that. But it tells us within this literature, seek out counsel, those who have went before us. Jesus himself said we have to deny ourselves for him. Well, we have to do that for others as well in the future. <clears throat> so I said we're going to look at the congregational, the individual. I want to show you guys it, within scriptural context what it looks like if we don't plan the cost. I just talked about that. And what happened, even planning out the Seder this year. Exodus 16, you're going to see the heart of people that don't plan out accordingly. Thinking about it. And I think this was the heart of people that had been enslaved for many, many years. But they didn't count the cost of leaving Egypt. And they always looked backward. These people were always looking backwards at what they had. And not what God was going to deliver them into. So they had been exiled from Egypt, and they were going about. But in Exodus 16, 1 through 3, this shows me they didn't count the cost of leaving Egypt and the trials that they would suffer in the desert. 
But God always got them through. But it shows their heart. 16.1 Then they set out from Elam. And all the congregation of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, in the fifteenth day of the second month after their departure from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Like grumbling when you don't plan. Things happen. Things that you don't expect. In verse 3, The sons of Israel said to them, What? That we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt? When we sat by the pots of meat? When we ate bread to the full? For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. There's an approach. If they would have counted the cost, if they would have corrected their hearts, they could have said, Moses, we're hungry. And Moses could have went to God and said, people are hungry. But they didn't plan. They didn't look at the future and plan it out. They just grumbled. Even in Exodus 17, 3, we see them grumbling again about not having water. They didn't count the cost before they left. Yet, this was actually God's ultimate will, and they would have been brought out, but maybe they should have checked their hearts at that point. You see, let's switch back to Proverbs. We'll be going back and forth to Proverbs a few times today. But in Proverbs 15.22, it says, Without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors they succeed. You see, we have to have plans in where we're going and moving forward. We're still going to have frustration. There's still going to be things thrown at us, no matter what, because, you know, things are new, things are different, but we can plan for what's going to be thrown at us. And sometimes... We'll learn from our own experiences, and that's fine. But again, we need to have consultation to lower the frustrations. We have to count the cost of what we are doing for every action. There is a reaction. There is a cost to following Christ. I love this verse in that that hymn that we were singing, I believe, in a hill called Mount Calvary, where it says, I believe whatever the cost. Whatever the cost, we've got to filter it through His scriptures. We've got to cling to His words. We can get direction from Him, but we can also seek counsel from wiser and elderly people, older people that have went through it. If you don't think there's a cost, let me give you an illustration. I just read today about a man in Scotland, an an Islamic man that posted on Facebook and wished his Christian Christian brothers and sisters in that city, a happy Easter and a good Friday. Who would think that there would be a cost to that? That man died a few hours later because one of his Islamic brothers stabbed him to death. There's a cost for our own words. There's a cost for the way that we behave in our own families. I have talked to you all about you know, giving life and encouraging our children towards the Scripture, there's a cost if we don't encourage them towards the Scripture. There's a cost in every act and in every behavior and every word that we do. 
and hopefully the wiser learn from it and move forward and don't make the same mistakes. There's a cost. And that's why next week and the week after, we're going to be counting the cost. We're going to be encouraging those to talk about where's the disciple center heading and lowering the frustration levels for when we move forward in that direction. What can our families provide? not about what Bruce and Mike and Anya and all of us are doing up here. It's about what you guys are going to be doing moving forward because that is the congregation and that's where we're heading. We have to make sure our eyes stay focused on Christ and where we're going. But we've got to work as a congregation together. And that's what we will be or what you guys will be talking about in the next few weeks. So let's lower the frustration levels moving forward in the future by talking about it and communicating about it now. <clears throat> for even Israel planned and counted the cost. For in Numbers 13, 1 through 2, God himself sent out the people to spy out the land, to count the cost, to look at it. And in Numbers 13, 1 and 2, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send out for yourselves men, so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give to the sons of Israel. You shall send a man from each of their father's tribes, every one a leader among them. Pretty wise counsel, I think. Go out, see what it's going to look like whenever we take this land. I don't think they planned for those men to come back in that part of the history and to deny what God could have done but that's what happened they came back and gave false reports so what happened God didn't give them that land at that time again we've got to filter it through the scriptures and know that he is with us as we move forward but again they were counting the cost as God took them out and spied out that land Joshua in in Joshua 2 1 sent out spies right and Rahab hid the spies. They were spying out the land. Reconnaissance, once again, counting the cost. What's it look like? God says, march around Jericho every day. God delivered them. But again, I believe that's counting the cost. Looking at what is before us. So that way the frustration level goes down again. For if God is with us, we can know that he will help us prevail and succeed. Proverbs 24.6 even points to counting the cost. It says, For by wise guidance you will wage war, and in abundance of counselors there is victory. You see, wise counsel, again, that keeps coming up. We've got to have the wise counsel in those who have went before us because we don't need to make the same mistakes. How many of you guys have heard History repeats itself. I think we all have. I don't want to do the same thing other people have already learned from. I want to move past that. I want to go around those obstacles. Let's count that cost of what they did so we don't experience the same thing. That's congregationally is what I've been talking about. But individually, did Christ even count the cost? I think he did. Let's look at Luke 5 where he sought counsel. The only person he could seek counsel from, I think, 
would be his heavenly father. He was wiser. The father, the son turning to the father. How many of us turn to our parents, turn to grandparents? It's wise. It's a way that we can learn, that we can be comforted when we count the cost and seek the wisdom of others. And they can comfort us and say, I've went through that. And it says in 5.16, But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Often. He sought his heavenly Father's counsel and was comforted. Even in Mark 1.35-37, talks about him slipping away to talk to his Father. And he did it so often that his disciples knew where to find him. That teaches me that I need to slip away. I need to make sure that I'm constantly talking to the Heavenly Father. He can comfort me. He can give me wisdom. But so can the elders within this church, within the larger body. That's why I love to see when Darissa's parents come here. I love to visit with them. They've went before me. They have seen things that I haven't seen. I love to sit down with the elderly Christians who have so much knowledge and we can seek their counsel and be comforted by them knowing that we're just carrying it on. We're moving forward. But our next generation is one that will move past us and carry along the Torah and the Gospels for us. But if we don't do it now, they won't. So that's not a cost I'm willing to pay. We have to be willing to take it up as a congregation and move forward. The ultimate time when I think Christ was seeking out His Heavenly Father and He was willing to not go to the cross. Let's look at that passage. Mark 14, 32-36. They came to a place named named Gethsemane. This is after they had the full Passover. And he said to his disciples, Sit here until I have prayed, until I have sought out counsel from my Father. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be very distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. And he went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible, the hour might pass by him, pass him by. And he was saying, Abba, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. This is the key piece. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. He counted the cost. The scripture shows how he weeped and asked, but not my will, but your will. I pray and I hope and I seek God's counsel that as we move forward, we see that it's not free. It's something that we will continue to pay dearly for. Our children will continue to pay dearly for if we're not teaching them in the homes what these scriptures say. 
if we don't show them what these scriptures show us. Because it's not taught in this place. It's taught in the homes. And if we're denying Him step by step in the homes, and we bring them here and expect Pastor Trevor, or Pastor Mike, or Pastor Bruce, or Miss Anya to teach them, let me tell you this. You are going to pay the cost whenever they get up and they grow up and they move away to college. They won't go to church. It's got to be in the home. That's the cost that you will pay. I want us to count the cost and move forward in such a way that we're clinging to the cross and we're filtering everything we do through these scriptures and saying we love you and we'll do whatever it takes to pass this on to the next generation. That's the cost that we should all be willing to pay as we love one another to good deeds and good works. That's what Easter Sunday is about. Count that cost. Deny yourself and move forward. And say, I will continue to follow him. And we'll seek out the counsel along the way. Seek the wisdom. But I also know I want to take this time to say, as I've been studying and I continue to research and continue to prepare to teach on these Sundays, I have counted the cost of being up here for hours on end and preparing to teach. And I'm continuing to be okay with teaching 20 to 25 minutes when I'm up here. But I'm not going to do 40 to 45 minutes. I'm just not. You know why? It takes away from my daughters. It takes away from my family life. And me reading this. But you know what? I've noticed as I prepare in this way, I get to go home and I get to play it out with them. If I don't do it in large, big sums. And we're acting it out and we're playing and we're doing Purim this week. And all through the day we're talking about it and I'm preparing about the cost. And I'm talking to them and just playing in their kid-friendly way. And it permeates my heart even more. So that cost, I have to put that out there as you guys have discussions in a few weeks because if we move forward and Pastor Mike and I end up preaching more, I'm going to tell you, tell those teachers back there, it's going to be 20 to 25 minutes. It's not going to be a 45-minute sermon. So, but again, it can't be about this place. It has to be about the home. You have to teach your children in the home. This is secondary. That's the cost. And we can't make this primary. And I know you guys already know that. So today, I encourage you, go home, filter through these scriptures yourself, look at them, let it permeate who you are, and count the cost of what is going to happen in the future with your children, with your friends, with your family, how you actually help them as you continue to deny yourself for them. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.